I also didn't. I couldn't. My, my bar tools are at work, and uh, the strainer that I ended up using is one of my toddler's toys. <laughs> it's got she beats it up pretty good, so it's got some holes in it. So I do have some tea leaves still in this drink, but Perfect. still delicious. Yeah, you work with what you got. All right. Speaking of, I'm Mike. That's Dinger. We're Dang. down one right now. There is a chance. We're holding out hope that we'll be joined by our third compadre. Yeah, I hope so. Missed yeah. him. So we mentioned, well, I don't know if we actually have mentioned this, but he uh, has mentioned it. Yeah, he's had a second child. And yeah, it, appears, it. it appears that two children are harder than one. And uh, he's got his hands full at the moment. <clears throat> so he is not here to join us, but all things considered, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, and, you too. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Always Parched. So we're going to try uh, to keep the ball rolling with this real concise, straightforward topic area um, and format that Micah kind of laid out which was a 40-minute episode. I guess he was tired of hearing us talk. So we said, 40 minutes, and then you're cut off. Starting the timer. Actually, I should have already started. And it's gonna it's be been like, started. Yeah, it's going to be more. We're like actually going on um, one hour and seven minutes so far. <laughs> See what happens when he's not here? Well, she gets crazy. All right. Well, today, my friend... We're going to be talking a little bit about tea. That's right. Tea. Tea and cocktails in particular. But um, before we dive deep, uh, let me ask you, do you enjoy tea very often? Do you, or do you, are you more of a coffee guy? Or, and if you do enjoy tea, what kind of tea do you like, buddy? Well, this is a podcast, so they're not going to be able to respond to you right now. I'm talking to you. Oh. <laughs> I love tea, man. <laughs> um, I'm a big green tea guy. Yeah, yeah. Just basic green tea, no sugar, not from the South. <laughs> no I like bitter. If you've ever figured anything out on this podcast, yeah, I like things bitter. I like That's them dry. Um, yeah, so I'm a big fan of tea. I've yeah. used it a few times in cocktails. Not too extensive, more just syrups, but... I think you can pull some really cool flavors with it. Yeah. It definitely uh, adds a layer of complexity. I uh, enjoy, I'm mostly, I'm, I'm definitely more of a coffee guy, but I do enjoy tea from time to time. I used to drink a lot of afternoon tea, like, um, like a little green tea. tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little sleepy like time. Bag, a little sleepy time tea. Yeah. Right around two o'clock, close the door to my office, take a little sleepy time tea. No, I would have green tea with jasmine. That was kind of my go-to. You fancy little bit, bitch. A little bit of sugar in that. Yeah, super fancy. I would throw it in the Keurig and push start. <laughs> super fancy. But I did like it. Uh, I do like tea in general. I am no tea connoisseur by any means. Um, Same. I, I actually was introduced more to tea through cocktails to more different varieties of tea, trying to, mm -hmm. you know, infuse and... Uh, like you said, try them in some syrups, chamomile, 
Earl Grey, chai, lots of different stuff like that. So that's one tea that I can't get on. Which one? Chai? Chai. Yeah. Yeah. It's chai flavor is not for me. It's, it's very aggressive. It's hard to miss. There's not nothing real subtle about it. I wonder if there's something that happened when I was a kid or I don't <laughs> know. It just force fed chai. It just doesn't do it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such a very specific in your face flavor that yeah. I, I would think that you would either kind of love it or hate it. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of, middle I, I usually chai. like everything and True. I feel like more people like chai, like chai tea, chai coffee, whatever. Yeah. Is chai coffee a thing? More chai so latte chai is a thing. Chai latte, yeah. That. Chai latte. Every once in a while I'll go with that, but not, not very often. I can't do it. It's fine. To each their own. But let me ask you this. Have you used tea in cocktails very often? I have. Oh. I mean, very often, no. Yeah. I jumped the gun on that answer. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Every day. Every damn day. I have. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I first started with the idea of tea and cocktail uh, for two reasons. Main reason was I found like it, it was a gin cocktail. So I was like, all right, there's already so many botanicals in gin. Add all, like add these, kind of reminds me of tea, right? You're like steeping all sorts of different flavors into your water, your hot water, iced, whatever. So I thought it would be cool to like different, to find what different types of teas could pull out, could make different botanicals stand out more in the gin than just having it on its own. Right. Like, Oh, I really love that they use, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I trailed off there. Did you, were you in the middle of a sentence? I was trying to think of like, uh, I mean, like there's, I just didn't want to say, uh, an ingredient that's like in every gin. <laughs> <laughs> like juniper. Yeah, you know, I just really like when you know, pull pull out the juniper. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I there's love, a lot I love of... when a company just really accentuates the juniper. In the <laughs> I would go with like, well, maybe some citrus or maybe some like, uh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, green cardamom. How about yeah. that? There you go. Um, cassia, which is really just cinnamon, but I feel like that's yeah. in a lot of gins. Yeah um angelica coriander whatever like what what do you like you want you want to pull more of one of those flavors out okay mm-hmm. so i started i started experimenting with different teas second reason was i actually did a bartending competition for uh, bombay sapphire so london dry gin uh, queen of england on the, the the emerald label right on front so it was like okay english okay um earl grey yeah. Right. So, so that kind of that's what ended up um, becoming of the first tea cocktail that I did, and and so and it kind of got stuck on just gin. You know, I just thought like, okay, tea, gin. That's the that's the comparison. But I've, I've experimented tonight with some stuff, and 
Mike is missing out because normally I'm just sipping things neat. I actually made cocktail tonight. Whoa, that is okay. That is a cause for occasion here. What what are you drinking there? Mm-hmm. I made a sidecar with a ginger and peach tea. Hmm. All right. So break that down for for me and for anyone who's listening. So I'd used uh, a new brandy to the market called Lucare, L-E-C-A-R-R-E, French for the square. Uh, great package, beautiful brandy. It's grapes from, uh, I believe, just a blend or uh, just a combination of Armagnac and Bordeaux. There may be some from Cognac in there if certain people are listening <laughs> and I'm incorrect. I apologize, but no, it, beautiful, beautiful brandy. So sidecar, cognac, sugar, lemon, right? Yep. I chose to use this this brandy. Uh, again, just sugar, lemon, but I steeped the ginger peach tea into the syrup. Okay. And then actually, that worked really well, but I did another one by just shaking the tea bags in. Obviously, you have to extra strain, but even that quick shaking brought so much flavor in. So really, you don't, yeah, I was very surprised. I wanted to experiment with it because, you know, how often are people having the time to make it, you know, if you're going to make a, a syrup and like have it in stock and bottle it, whatever. Yeah. But even if it's just some last minute cocktail, throw some tea bags in there, just get uh, your double straining and you can, you'd be surprised how much flavor is going to come through. Yeah. I have not, I've never tried that, but I would not have thought that the flavors would have had enough time to develop and kind of really come out in just a, you know, a standard shake or even a longer shake because usually it has to sit for minutes in the hot water to really pull it all out, you know? And yeah. did you just do real quick standard ratios on that? Like an ounce and a half of the cognac? Uh, I basically did a three one one. Okay. Ratio, which is not, I went heavy because I was shaking it in and I knew that I had to shake it longer. Yeah. Um, it's probably not the most, I mean, this was like first attempt. Yeah. Not, you know, no prep, anything. Not a, so, not a finished product necessarily. It's delicious. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really a great cocktail for being just this last minute, throw it together. And again, I'm very surprised how much the tea came through, but I intentionally did go a little over on, especially the sugar. I normally probably wouldn't do equal sugar and citrus. Mm-hmm. Even if a recipe calls for that, I usually, as Light. I said earlier, I like drier cocktails. So I tend to back off more sugar than uh, my the acid component. But uh, I did a little bit more because I knew I was going to be shaking it for a while. I wanted to shake it to really get the, the tea infusion to see how much it could pull in and pulled in a lot. The one I've got working right now, I'm actually steeping some tea bags in a rum agricole. Ooh, that. So, I mean, uh, so not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I, I like I like the sound of that. I like where that's going a little bit. You mean um, too far ahead? Didn't you ask me what I was drinking? <laughs> yeah, but I was going to eventually get to some of these types of infusions the direct that are go directly into the spirit versus, mm. say, a syrup right. or whatnot. Well, but perfect segue. Let's go. Perfect segue. So, you know, one of the things that kind of stood out to me when I started messing around with tea and cocktails was how it really only appeared uh, in, in, 
uh, recipes for punches a lot of times, um, like a black tea or a, sometimes a green tea or whatever. Um, and, you know, there were some one-offs where there might be a cocktail listed here or there that had some, like you said, Earl Grey infused gin or chamomile infused scotch or something like that. But most often I felt like I saw them in punches. And so I was very, I would, I started doing a little bit of research to try to figure out, okay, when, when is the best time to use it? Or is there another way to really use it? Should, is it better to use it for as an infusion into a syrup or as an infusion into um, straight into the spirit? What is one better or is one work better than the other? And does it matter which kind of tea I'm using? I don't know. I had a lot of questions about this. So, so I kind of went way back, started with the history, wanted to see exactly where this tea idea comes from. And really it looks like it was just as far back as, you know, early 1800s, late late 1700s. Uh, you know, they were toying around with it in place of the water component. So, you know, like you, you take a standard cocktail that has your, uh, your spirit, you know, your sugar, your acid, you have the water component, um, some bitter, but the water typically makes its way through either a shake or a stir or something like that. So instead of doing that, it appears that it would pop up often in punch recipes back then for, except uh, subbing in the tea for the water component. And like you've, like you mentioned, just to kind of give it an extra layer and some added complexity uh, to the drink. So I have used it a couple time in punches. And in fact, that kind of brings me to what I'm drinking right now. I made this about a year ago and I remembered it because I actually really like it. It's almost it's still now. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been sitting in the fridge for the last year. Had to whip it up today because I was like, what was that one I made about a year ago? And I got it. I think it was an imbibe drink, but, or maybe it's from Dead Rabbit, but it's an Irish Tell us punch. What's in it. It's an Irish punch, Irish. is what it's called. Right. And it has two ounces of, let me try to get this right, two ounces of Irish whiskey, an ounce of Calvados. I believe it's a half ounce of pineapple juice with an ounce and a half of lemon juice. Um, half an ounce of cinnamon syrup, an ounce of green tea syrup. And it was one that I had not really messed with before called, um, I think it's called Genmica or I don't know how to say that. Do you know, have you heard of that one by chance? Tea? Yeah. It's a green tea. Gen, Genmica? 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 G-E-N-M-A-I-C-H-A. And I'll tell you, when I went looking for that specific <laughs> green tea, because it was still in my cupboard from, uh, you know, about a year ago. It's just a matcha tea, right? I think so, yeah. But that it's that like particular variety. Matcha green matcha. When I was at the store, I remember looking through the shelves and there was every brand and every type of green tea, you know, matcha was prevalent. Green tea with jasmine, a lot of that. I could not find this, and I found one box of it. And it's, it is a Japanese brown rice green tea, right? It, and the the like, kind of like hardiness or almost like toasted grassiness or something of like that is does come through quite a bit. And I think it's supposed to be playing, or it does play well with the 
the Irish whiskey. So yeah, all of that with some peach, a little bit of, I threw in a little bit of peach liqueur, a quarter ounce of that maybe. And that's what you got yourself there. An Irish punch. It's pretty good. Sounds good. I want to try that. It's literally green tea and popped brown rice. Yeah. Uh, The tea by itself, you might really enjoy. It is dry and kind of bitter. Like it's not, it, it, it's not bad. It's different than a lot of other teas I've had, but it, uh, it works well with this drink or this cocktail. Nice. Did you get that from uh, Mekong? No, just got um, sprouts. But it, it took some searching in that giant tea aisle. Yeah. Well, if we thought of you tonight, well, Missy didn't because she doesn't know, but I thought <laughs> of you. Got some Mike, uh, we've had uh, some butter lettuce wraps. And she said when she was pulling the leaves apart, a little spider crawled out. Oh, there you go. Not a snail, a little spider, huh? little spider well that drink sounds good it's pretty tasty cheers to you my friend virtual clink clink so outside of that in terms of the history i don't there's not a lot that i'm aware of in terms of if it was used in other forms or varieties but you know as far as using it today there's i I did find that there's a lot of factors that kind of um, affect how it's going to play out in a cocktail. Uh, The biggest one, well, things that are probably obvious, like, or temperature, basically, is it, are you trying to get it through hot water? Are you making a syrup? Are you infusing it directly into the spirit? Um, The pH level affects it. The pH level, I will say, is one of the things that has made for probably one of the trendier drinks or types of drinks i'll say as of late which is the the kind of butterfly pea flower cocktails you know there's one i know of one there's several gins i'm sure but you know the i the most common one that i come across is the empress gin which uses that so if you ever see that in the shelf and you're wondering why it's purple butterfly pea flower syrup or i mean butterfly pea flower tea yeah so Messing with that pH level is real interesting. The biggest thing that I came across or the most influential thing that I read was about putting it directly into spirits and how it really comes across. And hold on one sec. Are you still there? Because you are... Me? Yeah, freezing in and out. Your picture is anyways. Maybe that's me. Maybe it's you. (laughs) I just wonder if that's what I was doing. Oh, I couldn't tell if you were just staring at me to mess with me or. No, I was just listening. Listening. All right. There he is. He's Intently. Back. All right. So that works. ABV. Uh, the higher the proof, the quicker the flavor extraction. The faster was, the infusion. That was my big takeaway. With anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not just tea. Yeah. Anything. I, so the standard is, or at least uh, what I've come across is, about four tablespoons will uh, be sufficient in a standard 750 milliliter bottle and probably for about two hours, um, give or take, depending on, like I said, some of those other factors with the, the tea itself. What are you showing me? Yeah, that guy. Is that a tea bag in there? It. Yeah. Looks weird. I actually put quite a few tea bags in there. Mm. Might be too much. 
We'll find out. How long, Mike? Four tea bags, 750 ml. How long are you steeping for? Four, and are well, you room temperature steeping? Are you cold steeping? So one thing that was kind of interesting and a question that I had was, you know, what is there a difference if you do it uh, like a cold brew versus like a heat, a, a heated infusion or something? Cause like with coffee, for instance, I really enjoy cold brew as do many folks, I'm sure, because it kind of takes out some of that acidity um, and brings in a little bit more sweetness. I think apparently from what I've come across, from what I've read, that is not the case with tea infusions and, and booze because ABV again is really the big indicator as to how much flavor is going to get pulled out of that. Um, but two hours is the rough estimate about two hours four tablespoons, one standard 750 ml. You might not even need two tablespoons for say half a bottle. And the only reason I mention that is because I think for me personally, I don't usually infuse an entire bottle. Uh, I'll usually you know, pour about a quarter of it or maybe half of the bottle out to infuse it. So I don't usually, I would not probably take four tablespoons or four bags of tea in one bottle. I would probably take one bag of tea and 375 or less or something. So one or two bags. But the, I think probably the big think key the there is way. to just taste it as you go, right? Yeah, taste it as you go. And I think that the way you described, you know, starting small, the good part about that is if you over steep, you can just add a little more booze, cut it with exactly, um, you know, more of the bottle. So right. you can adjust you can always adjust. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I do. So our suggestion is go bigger, uh, go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot your shot. One bottle, one infusion, get it right. And then just buy another bottle and add it. Yeah. There you go. No, don't do that. Yeah. So, but my experience with infusing it again, I've mostly done it through syrups. I, would be um, my next step that I want to try is doing it directly into a spirit, which it sounds like you've got, you've got your own little experiment running over there. So how long are you steeping I your, did. your uh, tea into agricole for? I, I mean, <laughs> I can always cut it, but this is kind of uh, going back to, you can always add a little more booze to, to cut yeah. down if it's over steeped. So we'll, we'll find out if I need to do that or not, but I put, couple tea bags and only about two ounces of agriculture, oh, three right. ounces of agriculture, yeah, but it's only like been steeping for like 45 minutes. So have you tasted it at all? No, oh. no. Here, I'll try right now. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Good. <laughs> Your good. face made me think it was good. It is a um, raspberry rose hibiscus tea. Whoa in <clears throat> this tea subject kind of came a little last minute right? <laughs> uh anyone who's been listening just, for any amount of time knows that we are not exactly <laughs> the most prepared at any given moment well you know i, I checked the checked the cupboard looked at what kind of tea we had normally i'm a green tea guy but my wife likes different flavors of tea so we actually have a nice variety so that's where the peach and ginger came for the, the old sidecar. 
And then I found this uh, raspberry rose, 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 raspberry rose hibiscus tea. And first thought of Campari, obviously hmm. my favorite cocktails and Negroni. All right. So I thought, oh, I'm making a Negroni. But then I've done tea infused gins before. So I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I busted out the old rum agricole. So rum, I actually, I've kind of been on like a high proof rum Negroni is really delicious. Like a nice high ester. Yeah. Getting like a high ester kind of funky style rum Mm -hmm. in a Negroni application is delicious. So do you have a preferred high proof rum that you use for that? No, the most recent one that I had is a new one to the market. It's called Ron Colon. It's a blend of Salvadoran rum and Jamaican rum. Um, Salvadoran mm-hmm. is six-year-old. The Jamaican components are 50-50, so 15%, 15%, uh, three-year aged Jamaican and unaged Jamaican. Coming from um, what distilleries? Worthy Park, Hampton, and Money Musk distilleries and then uh, the salvadoran is there, there's only one distillery in el salvador so that was a delicious one had that as a negroni application they also do a coffee infused blend which is delicious that one is what i would recommend for the negroni hmm. not to get too far off topic here but have you tried the cold brew cut uh bourbon from few distillery Mm-mm. Hmm. chicago yeah so instead Mm-mm. of i guess you know the typical uh, typical water instead of cutting it with water they cut it with cold brew okay and, and for anybody that is listening that is not exactly familiar with what that means you know when when these distilleries are creating their spirits it's you know when it comes out the proof is much much higher than it is when it's bottled oftentimes and so they cut it usually with water to bring the proof down um until until a desired amount uh and so instead of doing that with water apparently they did that with cold brew i did taste it wasn't a lot to it as much not as much as i thought there would be thought it'd be kind of not as much coffee yeah, not as much coffee flavor as I thought there would be. And obviously, you know, I don't they probably didn't want it to be overly, you know, hit you over the head with a bunch of coffee, but I think I would have liked a little bit more. Yeah. So, well the thi- the thing with this rum that I was just talking about, mm-hmm. the thing I like about it the most is that the coffee is so subtle. I think that's just how it plays well with the rum. Bourbon, I don't know, maybe you would need more to kind of like stand up against yeah, a big maybe. aged bourbon. But maybe I, I just don't know. want it to um, smack me in the face. I just like I said, more more about the coffee typically than than the tea. But that being said, there are a couple uh I think there's a couple standard combinations out there these days uh for for tea cocktails, I think the the most classic, let's say, one that I've come into or come across time and time again is an Earl Grey Sour. Ever tried one? Uh, no, I okay. don't think so. So an Earl Grey infused, um, not whiskey, gin. Gin does seem to be the spirit of 
the the preferred spirit it seems like for a lot of these infusions likely for what you said earlier which is that there's a lot of different things going on with gin and so these teas can highlight it in a lot of different ways but i guess earl gray is a pretty popular combination so they do an earl gray infused gin um with lemon juice and with lemon and sugar and you know an egg white I think the actual uh, specs for that are two ounces of Earl Grey infused gin, three quarter ounce lemon juice, three quarter ounce simple syrup, and an egg white. And that's a pretty tasty drink. And it's pretty straightforward. You're really just, uh, instead of just using straightforward gin, a little bit of Earl Grey. But it, like we've said, it adds a real layer of complexity and uh, something unique to it. I think the other one that I often come across is a chamomile infused scotch. That I've not tried that I would like to try. Yeah, those uh, are definitely good components, good good combinations. The the drink that I was talking about earlier with um, with my Earl Grey, it was actually an Earl Grey simple syrup um, with the Bombay Sapphire. And did you get a lot of Earl Grey flavor out of that? Because I actually um, have... I got a ton. Really? I actually found that it it did really well it it pulled a lot it it brought it did like a, a heavier syrup to really bring texture to it too mm. but i think what i so the drink was gin dry vermouth lemon earl gray simple syrup and then i made a turmeric tincture mm. and i think the earthiness of the turmeric is what pulled all of the botanicals and tea out I remember that common that combination that competition you know several years ago that was early in our friendship before uh, we met that was before we met oh mm-hmm. which was the one that you did right like kind of right when we met um well the following year I did um I did that same competition that that you guys came to when I was like practicing doing yeah. the trial runs, you guys came to the bar and kind of were my audience so I could do some test runs. What, and which one did you go to Vegas? What are you talking about? Both. Which one? Which, both? All right. Well, the, I didn't, uh, in the second year, I didn't go as far. Okay. Then, okay, you're right. The second year is when, when I was there for that because yes, I remember correct. you talking about how you did not go as far the second time or that time at least. So in any event, what I do also remember is that nice little centerfold cutout <laughs> in what was it? GQ? I believe it was GQ. Oh no, I'm gonna cut this shit out. Yeah. No, no, it was GQ and there was a nice little centerfold with all the Bombay Sapphire people who were killing it. And there was mm-hmm. Almondinger. Don't make mm-hmm. me post it. I am one hundred percent sure I still have a copy. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, it was like the size of a quarter. What was that? The was the Earl Grey drink that you're referring to? Is that the one you did that year for that competition? Yeah, yeah, the first year. Dang! So that drink earned you a was called That and that jawline, obviously. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say after that. 
Uh, I totally had some tea. Oh, tea. <laughs> tea. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though those are classics. <laughs> what's a classic <laughs> well uh, those particular combinations maybe not classics but they're popular gin, earl gray vermouth lemon earl, earl gray tea and turmeric. earl gray gin and chamomile scotch i think those are those are kind of like uh they're well-known popular combinations that they work it's well known that they work well together i should say dude uh, but that doesn't that sidecar is delicious i was gonna say that Sorry. shouldn't stop you no exactly this is my point they shouldn't stop you from uh, experimenting, throwing a little bit of tea in with your drink and seeing how, how it goes. Look, uh, like raspberry, hibiscus, whatever the shit you threw together there. I can't even remember what that tea was. But that one was the uh, one I just finished. Yeah. That was uh, brandy, lemon. Yeah, but what was the tea? Sugar. Ginger peach. Ginger peach. Oh, the other, the, the agricole that you're infusing, that's the raspberry well, that I haven't, hibiscus, right? I'm, I'm going to make a Negroni. I'm going to make a riff on, it's not a Negroni, but it's going to be a riff of a Negroni. Um, so yeah, get to it. Start experimenting. It does make me want to experiment a lot with tea. Um, I, it's funny because my wife, big into teas. Um, not, not necessarily all sorts and varieties or anything like that. She has her, she has her go-tos, uh, which are typically a black tea, but what's that one she likes? There's a one that scientifically some, takes away your <laughs> sweet buds. Uh, no, that's not one that she likes. That's one that she has messed with, but that one was actually for science, I guess, or for work. Shit. I don't. Yeah. But does science really know? <laughs> is, is science real I don't know. though i don't think i don't yeah. i don't think science really knows yeah uh, doctors do they really know what they're talking about i don't know i mean come on thing. get with it science works yeah there's tea in our household every single day as much as i'd say as much as i you know i have to have a cup of coffee at least at least one cup of coffee every day she She's the same way with tea. She's not a coffee person. Um, and there is one, there is that one type of tea you're referring to uh, that she used as an, as an experiment to, um, I hesitate to tell the story because I'm not great. Should I just see if she, maybe she wants to tell it. She's here. Should I have she her should do tell it? it. Should she tell it? Get her. Okay. Go ask her. I'll make this, uh, I'll make this infused Negroni riff. Okay. You do that. All right. All right. Break time. All right, we're back. Uh, so first things first, let's hear it. How was your experiment with your garbage ice? Yeah, for sure, garbage ice. It's good. <laughs> Might have over <laughs> oversteeped it, but <laughs> it's it's bitter. But I also it's with Campari, so I don't know if that's a Campari or it's actually not with Campari. It's with uh, Negroni okay. bitter. Oh, Negroni. No, Negroni. Both. Very delicious. Yeah. Tuve. Tuve. And Negroni. Naturally colored. But no, it's good. <laughs> you really get a lot of the raspberry and then get the funk from the, the agricole. So I like it. I tweak it. It's an experiment. Right. That's what this is about, right? Yep. That's right. So joining us, 
we're back from our break. Dinger's experiment sounds like may or may not have been a success. And, you know, we just are talking tea so much that we can, couldn't not make it to this tea story that my wife has told me and several of our friends uh, a few times just because it's real interesting and it involves science and tea. So it seems like it's perfect because we are believers in science and we're talking about tea. So we'll welcome for the first time to the podcast, the lovely Mrs. Mainwald. Hey, babe. Hi. <laughs> welcome. Thanks. This is not a story, though. It's just a bunch of facts. Uh, well, even better. <laughs> well, this is also not the first time, right? Oh, I think it is. First time what? Really? The first time I've been on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've just like come in and said Weren't hi. Were all the wives on one day? Uh, Micah has definitely cut any highs as she's been walking by. In the yeah, past. I mean, that's fair. No, but we did, a, we did like early COVID. We did where the three where all all of you joined no that wasn't a podcast that was just a that was just a zoom to catch up (laughs) (laughs) did we not do a podcast with the wives no no we've i think we've talked about doing it before and then we didn't do it yep Mm. that's it so, and I don't have any good comments about cocktails, so I would not be helpful on most podcasts. That's why I'm on this one podcast talking about one non-alcoholic thing because most of the stuff you guys talk about is I have nothing to say. Like Negronis. Mike said you were making this Negroni and I was like, "Oh, it sounds good. I mean, I don't like Negronis, but it sounds good." <laughs> that would just be me every single podcast. It's delicious. Yeah. Well, you didn't really sell it when well, you... Oh, that's funny because... He sold it harder before. It sounded better when he was telling me about it, but it sounds like... No, it's really good. I don't have a garnish in it. I didn't do the whole expression, which I think could, could brighten it up a bit. But I don't have any oranges. Just not yeah, prepared. Yeah, he said he'd tweak it. So yeah. it's like there's a foundation there. You just have oh, to... Oh, the, the tea-infused agricole? Delicious. Delicious. Right. I think the bitterness of the tea, though might not be the right compliment to the bitter aperitivo, the Campari, the Negroni, the Tuve, whatever brand you're using. Um, I think that those two are just uh, overpowering the sweet vermouth, but you still get some of the funk from the, the agricole, and I think that there's something there. But maybe it's not a stirred application. Maybe it's not with Campari. Maybe it's more of a, you know, some sort of, shaken cocktail well like you said there's some sugar something to work with sweeten up the hibiscus and rose and yeah so it's palatable it's not like it's a throwaway (laughs) yeah see this is why a simple orange twist might like like i said brighten it up yeah and this is exactly why i should not be on this podcast because michael you know, just says, I've got this drink, I want to tweak it. And then he lists 15 different ways that he can tweak it. And anytime you ask me, Mike, about like, <laughs> what should I change in this drink? I have one suggestion, add citrus. Yep. <laughs> like, I can't say like all everything you just said, Michael was so interesting. I was like, Oh, my God, that's like a really good idea. But I can't generate any of those ideas. 
Well, I can't generate an experiment to college students on <laughs> mixing the sugar off of their palate. So, all right. So that, you know, full circle brings us to your tea story or not a story, your tea facts. Yeah. My facts about tea. All right. Let's hear okay, this. Facts. So there is a tea and it's called Gymnema Silvestri and it, is well it's a plant and it has several applications like you could actually buy it in pill form um and then take it that way if you want to but i've always used it as an actual tea and what i will do with it is i'll do a little experiment for my college kiddos and bring in some of the tea and if you take about you really don't even need a lot like an ounce of the tea and you swirl it around in your mouth for 30 seconds. What will happen is that the chemical in the tea binds to the sweet receptors in your taste buds, and it essentially blocks those sweet receptors. So the sugar can no longer bind to that spot because it's taken up by the Uh, chemical in the tea. What we'll do is like, we'll, in the class, we will swirl around the tea for about 30 seconds, and then I'll give the students different snacks. So like we'll have M&Ms and little Oreos, and then I'll also give them pretzels. So pretzels, you know, are typically salty. They've got a tiny bit of sweetness in them, but it's mostly the salt that you get from pretzels. So if you eat a pretzel after drinking this tea, you don't notice any difference. But if you eat an M&M, it's just like chalk in your mouth because you don't get any of that sweetness from the chocolate. So if you've ever paid attention to the texture of an M&M, which you probably haven't because you just focused on how delicious the chocolate is, but it just crumbles in your mouth in actually kind of a disgusting way. And then Oreos are the worst because all you taste is the fat in that cream. And then the cookie also just like crumbles in your mouth, but like, but at least you get a little texture from the cookie. <laughs> what about a Twinkie? Oh, God. I can't I don't oh, want to think about what you get out of a Twinkie if not the <laughs> sweetness. Yeah, that would be terrible. Would be yes, because the cream would be awful, and then the texture would generally be bad. Yeah, we should try it. Texture's already bad when you can even taste the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Spongy. And- but if you deep fry it. Ah. Never had that. I don't know. Sounds good. So yeah, so, it's kind of a fun tea. Um, I mean, it tastes terrible. Like you would never want to just sip on it um, on a cold day, but it is kind of fun to play around with. And the effect only so lasts just like, for like 30 minutes or an hour. So. Oh, really? That so it just like coats the receptors and stays there and blocks them? Yeah, so. Or it actually like triggers them to turn off the receptor no it just binds to the receptor so think of it you know the tea think of it as there's like tiny little chemicals in that tea and they bind to the receptors on your taste buds you have several different kinds of taste receptors right so you've got sweet sour bitter or you know umami and different chemicals bind to those different receptors. And so they don't, when they bind, they don't stay there forever. They bind temporarily and then they leave. Yeah. Yeah. They eject sort of, um, you know, as you eat new things, they can get displaced. So that's why it only lasts for a little bit of time. 
the hmm. analogy I have in my head, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, is I view the it as like a lock and key situation where yeah. you have a key as the sugar, the lock being your taste receptor, and this tea comes in and puts and fits itself into the lock. And so the sugar key can't get in there while that's in there and eventually falls out. Yep. It's a pretty good metaphor for how chemicals bind to receptors. Science corner of always parched with Whitney. You know, this is, I could actually get into that. <laughs> yeah. I would totally be down to like look more into the science of, of how these things works. It'd be like Good Eats. Did you ever watch Good Eats Stinger with um, Alton Brown? Where he gets really into the yes. science of food? I think so. I could be the next Alton Brown. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> thanks for joining us for our first Science Corner with Whitney Mainwald, soon to be a recurring segment. But uh, yeah, learned quite a bit about tea infusions and tea and cocktails, so I really want to keep messing with it. I definitely want to try your little uh, your little rum Negroni with some uh, tea. I will say this is getting better. Yeah, and that's just because you're I don't think I stirred much. it long enough. No, mm -hmm. I didn't stir it long enough, so now that it's diluting, it's getting better. All right, yeah, I think it's worth trying. Do it. All right, buddy. Well, Micah never made it. Apparently, those two kids really held him back. Nice. <laughs> You're, and I've just had a terrific time with you, Dinger. Ew. See what I did there? I like, I like it. Actually, I did. Uh, and if you really enjoyed Micah's that. Micah's cutting that out. No, don't do it, Micah. If you really enjoyed that. Head up, head over to uh, wherever you get your podcast. Put us rate us five stars. Don't go anything lower. It makes Micah cry at night. So, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Always parch at Gmail. I think we're also on some social media from time to time. Always parched uh, on the gram, on Facebook, and it's a desert out there. It's a cold desert out there right now. It's chilly. So cold, but stay hydrated, kiddos. And uh, it's good seeing you, buddy. Yeah, you too. Stay warm out there. This morning was nope. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Not a better ending than that, my friend. <laughs> it was like in the it was almost 100 last week, and this morning I went for a run. It was like 45. Oh, I wasn't laughing at that. I was wow. laughing at all those sound effects you made. Yep. That what? is some new lingo that I'm not aware of. That the Kardashians what they do? do that? I thought they... Uh, that's beyond our realm. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, come on. I don't know that. Uh, okay. He's turning into yeah. Cardi B. Oh, yeah. That Cardi I B understand. makes all the sounds. Whoop! <laughs> I don't know if she does that. She does. That's her song. Like oh. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Oh, yeah. that's the one. Yep. I thought she did a a WAP song. Uh, <laughs> she did do a WAP song. It's a WAP. Nope, that's what it means now.
Oh, no. You guys heard that new song? What is it? <laughs> ah, you're killing it over there, Dinger. All right. Hi, I'm going to end it now because there's not much of a higher note to go out on besides whoop. Go up there. Miss you, Micah. Thanks. Miss you, buddy. Negroni roof. Run, run, run. Negroni roof. Run, run, run. I'm rough. I'm rough.